Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. That honor-shame language that you get in the first half of the psalm, which is so very strong, I uh-huh. mentioned before, Dennis Tucker wrote an article on that showing that, you know, the beginning of the psalms, there's a lot of honor-shame language hmm. where you're trying to demonstrate to God that a lot of the laments fit in the category of, look, I've done my part. Yeah, that's Why haven't you... Yeah. Why haven't you done yeah. something? I'm, yo, God, I'm crushing it down here. Exactly. Right? As, exactly. as the message translates it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. Totally well, crushing actually, it, God. Actually, verse one, that's not a bad translation. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> check it out, oh Lord, I'm totally crushing it. <laughs> Alternate translation of Psalm 1. <laughs> so, I think you put yeah. that in the hopper for, for possible uh, podcast okay. title as well. Yeah. Totally, totally crushing, crushing it. it. Yeah. Oh Lord. Okay. Oh Lord. <laughs> thou knowest. <laughs> but thou, thou knowest. knowest. But thou knowest. <laughs> thou knowest. I am crushing it. Totally crushing it. So it's a good way to start anyway. prayer. Just always a good way to enter into prayer. <laughs> you know what? It's Sunday. That could work. I think I'll pray that way on Sunday. That's what work. Missed opportunities there. So. Wow. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. And this is a very special podcast because we're literally in person. Yes. We are, we are seeing each other. Back am, in my office. I am back in Illinois for the little time, and we thought, hey, we could do this in person. I should take your picture, too. You, you took should, my picture. You, I did take I did take your picture. Look, okay, I'll give I, you my phone. I was going to take it another. and uh, Wait, you're going to need me to find the phone app my because phone, we all My organize. phone is full. <laughs> all organize our phones differently. So anyway, right. well, this makes great podcast too. Mike, right. Mike actually recording. Here comes me taking the picture. Okay. So anyway, uh, this week right. is our 100. Did you do yours this way? Or this? I did it vertically. Yes. Okay. Uh, our 100th podcast. So this is. <laughs> and so we brought in a bunch of cows. That's what. When you when you question how we've gotten through a hundred of these ah. to yourself, but uh, it's true. Uh, so that you know what that means we have over a hundred hours of you and I talking about the Bible now is what recorded. This means. That's yeah. right, I which mean, can be used against us. Which yeah, yes. Which, I think this also means or, it's the final lap, or, or as the administration calls it, Exhibit A. Exhibit A. <laughs> <But> yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so this week is the twenty. This is the reading. These are the readings for October the twenty eighth, twenty eighteen. So it's the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost and proper 25. So still in ordinary time, as they yep. like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our readings this week, we're still doing the consecutive readings. We are rounding out Job. So Job 42, 1 to 6 and 10 to 17. Uh, Psalm 34, 1 to 8 and 19 to 22. Uh, and then Hebrews 7, 23 to 28 and Mark 10, uh, 46 to 52. Yeah, a little... little... So, Little solid nuggets there. A little Bartimaeus coming up here. So hope yeah. that you will uh, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Send us an email, which we haven't gotten in years. I think uh, reading. Inter- you did, didn't we you get one? No, yeah, did, that's did a long email with two qu- two tough questions. Well, they copied you at your church address. Oh, that's right. Yes, that, I did get that. <laughs> you might email. have to take some time I on may those. Have to ones. Say, those they are going to take some time to answer those email questions. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, thanks for that's right. Thanks for emailing. I didn't realize that went. I thought that was my personal address. I didn't know that went to the church address. No, the reading and church address. Yeah, but, it was on there too. Oh, well, it's a podcast question then. Yes, I think so. Oh, cool. Oh, 
Yeah, it's a podcast question because they said they're gonna they're gonna inflict a question like that on me later. Oh wow! Okay, look out, it's coming. <laughs> I didn't know you were copied on that. Yeah. Um, glad I didn't respond with anything nasty about you. <laughs> <I guess laughs> so. yeah, that would have be, been good. So uh, anything happened? Well, I'm I'm back for this week, which has been fun. I've my sons were kind enough to cram three choir concerts, a band concert, the <laughs> singing of the national anthem, and I think one more thing. Uh, oh, and um. No, I can't remember something else. Anyway, huh. but they put it all in one week, so I was able to take this week and I wow. got to. I, I saw, I saw some of your posts. Thomas saying, "I know that your kids don't even like to do that stuff," but you said, "I got to be here a week, so yeah. <laughs> why don't you guys join choir and <laughs> this other stuff?" You know, Thomas did a really nice job on the national anthem, and um, I, I haven't clicked that yet. But I'm thinking he seems really calm and poised. He's together, winding up for the and <laughs> national not anthem. Not only, not only does he sing the national anthem, he does it in under a minute and a half, which to me is a wow. good national anthem. That uh, it's not milking it. Get, no, no. Um, I forget who it was. Someone told me a story about someone singing the national anthem and and someone complimenting it because, and they said, well, you know, the one thing to remember when you're singing the national anthem is it's not about you. <laughs> this is like a celebrity who was saying this. Yeah, so it's yeah, really. Yeah, that rules out a lot of them. That scene. was really very good. It's not about you. It's like, good tip. That's Good interesting. Tip. People probably don't know that we do the national anthem and the pledge of allegiance before <laughs> well, each podcast. I will confess. Sometimes past, in our separate, our separate time zones. The past two Sundays, <laughs> I have opened both the deacons meeting and the Wednesday night Bible study with the national anthem because I was playing Thomas for, okay. for them. So it is. I mean, it's a little syncretistic, I realize, but uh, but I was a proud father. So what are you going to do? Yeah, so, hopefully, there's not overlap in people in those two different. We did groups. have a really funny moment, and I think I can say this because, first of all, the person that would that it involves doesn't listen to the podcast, but even if they did, they wouldn't have a problem. Um, I was at Thomas's choir concert the other night and uh, he's in the jazz choir and there's, uh, I guess, eight people up there, two for each part. And the tenors at one point, or well, well they're, they're singing, I'll be seeing you a really nice hmm. jazzy arrangement of I'll be seeing you. And in the middle of it, all of a sudden Thomas is singing the solo. Oh, and I had no idea oh. he didn't say. And so the song he did a great job. Well, it's jazz. Nobody it, knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> so I lean over to Cindy afterwards, and I said, "It's like that little turkey. He didn't tell me he had the solo <laughs> on that." And she looks at me and she says, "Yeah, wasn't supposed to be." Um, oh. Apparently, oh. <laughs> the other tenor didn't know his part. Oh, and so he, he just, just jumped in singing and. Thomas wow. carried the tenor line by himself at oh, that moment. Oh my goodness! Um, but it was uh, it was really well done. And, well, uh, evidently, so I put that one on Facebook too. So it's, <laughs> wow. uh, he did a nice job. But that was a great moment. Of he didn't tell me he had the solo. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be. Man, this like, is he reminds oops. me so much of myself being oh. in all these choirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If sure. I wasn't skateboarding in empty empty <laughs> pools, surfing. I would have been doing that. I would have certainly have been done doing that. Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> wow. That's what's going on with me. Yeah. What's happening with you? Uh, well, winter came two months early yeah, here. Yes, yes, I noticed that. <laughs> I left, I got off the plane and lost 30 degrees. Yes. <laughs> Last cold. night, a little wintry mix, which mm -hmm. sounds nice. It sounds like a nice holiday drink, but it's not nice. <laughs> wintry mix. You see uh, Greg Boyd, I uh, follow him on Twitter. He's a pastor up in Minnesota, and uh, he sends this beautiful picture out, and he said, it's the first snow of the season. A beautiful thing, sacred, truly, almost holy. That everyone after this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's like, yes, that's, that's right. True. The first are great. The first one is a beautiful moment. <laughs> and after that, we're done. <laughs> there was a there was a an article. The Onion is something like someone someone is taking gray salty slush down to Florida, so so Florida kids can experience the snow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the first time. Yay! <laughs> it's nice when it oh. lands, and yeah, then right. you've got to live in it. 
Yeah. Oh, all but, right. Well, are you ready to? Yeah, that's news and weather. That's the <laughs> <laughs> plus the national anthem. Yes, I guess it was. <laughs> we didn't play the national anthem, but uh, should anyway. I read this Job character? You should. Right. I think it would be good. Right. See what he's we'll up round to. it all out. Nope. Job finally gets to talk again. Then Job answered the Lord, "I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted." Who I often start prayer that way. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. The things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will, <clears throat> excuse me. I will question you and declare to me. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And we'll skip a bit. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Uh, Then there came to him all his brothers and sisters, all who had known him before, and they ate bread with him in his house. They showed everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They showed him sympathy and comforted him. Now that he doesn't need it. (laughs) All the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Well, I don't like that translation, but go ahead. Each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. Then the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning, and he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys, and a way better family this time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just paraphrasing that. He got twice as—anyone clever reader will know that that's twice the number of those same animals he had at the beginning of the book. That's why that's— not me. No. I'm thinking of how to botch the next verse. All right. He also had seven sons and three daughters. So he just got replacement kids. He didn't (laughs) get twice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. It's a blessing. He named the first Jemima and the second Keziah and the third Karen Hapuk. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm using that. I usually <laughs> remind my students there's plenty of good names other than Joshua and Aaron. Okay, That's true. When you get married. In, not, that, not that there's anything wrong with those names. In all the land, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance along with their brothers. That's how beautiful they were. Progressive. Yes. After this, uh, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his children's children four generations. And Job died old and full of days. There you go. Is that the end? That's the, that's <laughs> it. That's how it it's goes. Not another chapter of speeches? <laughs> no. I'd be surprised, but no. Uh, so we finally get the ending here, uh, which, as I mentioned several weeks ago, is actually narrative. The rest of the book is poetry. Chapter 1 and 2 are narrative, are prose, and then chapter 42 is prose. And in between no. complex, beautiful poetry, you might recall no. that for the past three chapters, God has been assailing Job with question after question, designed to remind Job how tiny Job is, uh, and how large God is, oh, okay. and that a reminder that God is God and Job is not God. Um, in fact, saying exactly that at one point, when you're God, we can have this conversation, but as you're not, hush. Yeah. That's a paraphrase. <laughs> yeah. but Get back to me on that, yeah. That's basically the point. So after God has finished his... his um, a little diatribe, mm-hmm. soliloquy, mm-hmm. whatever we want He's to call processing. it. Processing. Um, Job now now is allowed to speak. Now Job has tried to answer or interrupt God before this, right. but as I said last week, yeah. when God's on a roll, you just let him roll. And uh, Job this time says, um, "I know you can do all things, and no purpose of yours can be thwarted." Which we should point out. He never questioned from the very beginning. Job always okay. believed that God okay. could do all things and no purpose right. could be thwarted, which is why he didn't want to say talk to him to begin with. Yeah. Um, 
Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? We assume Job is quoting God there. Uh, And so most Bible translations have the quotes uh, to remind us of that. Mm. Uh, Therefore, I have uttered what I didn't understand, thanks to wonderful for me, which I did not know. Here and I will speak. I will question you and you declare to me. That's apparently another quote. Um, I'd heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Um, Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. The word repent there might be a little strong for some folks. Uh, It is the word nahum, which can in some contexts mean um, repent. More commonly, comfort, um, though it is a word that is used. <laughs> dust and ashes. <laughs> comfort myself from dust and ashes oh, would probably be the better from, way to okay, go. That, that's better. And yeah. I, I think that, and it actually literally has the word from there, the preposition that's usually translated well, that from. Makes so, that more sense. so I think he's putting aside the dust and ashes. Yeah. I think he's been in yeah. the dust and ashes up to now. It's a bit much. And he's saying, you know what, God, sorry, my bad. I'll stop feeling sorry for <laughs> myself. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that, that I think you might recall last week I said that I don't believe Job is a theodicy. I don't believe that it's trying to answer the question of why bad things happen. I think it's trying to answer the question, is Job going to be faithful when there's nothing in it for him? Mm. And, and after God's speeches, which would seem cruel and condescending, by the way, if the question is, why do bad things happen? Yeah. But after God's speeches, Job then seems better. Uh, after this, mm-hmm. this presence yeah. of God, he seems yeah. better. And so I think what God's speeches were doing were speaking to Job's need, not his actual question. And he, what he needed was reminding of who God was. Yes. You know, and then in the face of that. There's a lot of pastoral <laughs> stuff to unpack there. Yes, there is. People, people may not be asking the right question. Sometimes, oh. sometimes. And so Job then, once he, he, he can actually step aside from that and, and feel better. Um, it's like, yeah. you know what? You're right. Sorry. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Forgot who you were. You're worth following when you don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go brush off these dust and ashes yeah. and wash move my on face. here and wash yeah. my face and get together. And I think yeah. that's one way to read this. I do. Yeah. I think I like that, that. that's helpful. I like that. Um, yeah. It would be cruel if it was really about suffering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's about the odyssey, this is a lousy theodicy. Hey God, why do bad things happen? Shut up. I'm God. You think this you is easy? You want bad things? I'll give you bad things. <laughs> exactly. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> this is, this is like, not. This is God's front seat driving <laughs> answer to theodicy. I will turn creation around. <laughs> That's my dad's answer to theodicy. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I will stop this Don't creation make and me turn stop it around. This creation and turn it around. Yeah. It's. It's hard, but um, <laughs> that's in the Noah cycle. <laughs> exactly. I'm just gonna reboot I will this. Uncreate this world. <laughs> that's it. I'm tired of this. Um, that we've cut out some parts of the lectionary here that are actually kind of interesting. Um, As a rule, and <laughs> just a general, yeah, that is a general principle, doesn't it? Um, verses seven to nine are are fascinating because and and. There are sort of two parts here that can blow your mind, and I I promised that last week, that there are two sections here Mm -hmm. that would blow your mind. Um, You might recall in in Job's speeches, he was always calling God out. He was in Job's speeches, he was saying, look, I used to believe that God blessed the righteous and punished the wicked, Mm -hmm. but I know I'm righteous, and here I am being punished. So what that means is God will punish the righteous, and God will lift up the wicked, and we've all seen it. Yes. And... And what about the kids? What about those innocent children? You want to answer answer me that? And what about this? And what? And it was the friends who were defending God the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the friends are the ones yeah. who ask the question. Well, yeah. does the Lord pervert, pervert justice? And I mean, <laughs> one, one of the genius things about the friends, one of the genius things about Job is that you want to agree with the friends. Yeah. I mean, you really do. You want They're the ones that are making good theological yeah. sense. God's going to lift you up at the end. Hold fast to God and he mm-hmm. won't forget you. Yeah. 
God doesn't pervert justice. You're going to get some camels out of this, God's dude. Been, <laughs> hang in there. God speaks. You know, don't presume your righteousness before God. Don't do... And, and we're all like, you know, they make good points. Yeah. But we right. know as readers from the beginning that mm-hmm. Job is the one who's right. Yeah. We know Job is righteous. Right. We know right. Job is being punished. On, mm-hmm. you know, there's no connection between the punishment and yeah. what's happening. And really? So, not a little sin, Job? Really? <laughs> really? You really think you're that good? Do you? Do you? Um, and so then you get to the end. And then as if to just drive this point home, God literally says in verse um, 7 to the friends that my wrath is against you because you have not spoken of me what is right like my servant Job has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in other words, they, God tells the friends, the friends who've been defending him for you know, <laughs> yeah. 38 chapters, right. by the way, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. And Job was right about that, mm-hmm. which again is just another... It's like, God, you're mean, you're arbitrary, it's cruel, it's feckless. And God goes, hey. And Job goes, sorry. And God goes, all right. You were right about that, That's by right. the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what, what is happening here? Um, but then the other part that, is, that blows my mind. So not just God you know, pushing down what sounds like good theology and lifting up what would cause us all discomfort mm-hmm. in Job. But then in verse... Um, uh, da, 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 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. As I point out to the, to the students, two is, that's an interesting number. You know, there's a lot mm. of biblical numbers yeah. out there. You know, there's seven, there's, there's, there's 12, mm-hmm. there's 10. There's a lot of good choices. And God could have picked a lot of good numbers here, and yeah. we wouldn't have this issue that I'm about to point out. Mm-hmm. And that is that in Exodus chapter 22, verse 8, according to the Torah, if someone takes something wrongly from someone else, they're supposed right. to pay back twice yeah, right. what they did. So in other words, verse 10 seems to be God acknowledging what was taken from Job was taken wrongly. Yeah. Um, to which the students always ask, am I calling God a thief? No, just saying that God is saying. Yeah. He can afford the fine. <laughs> that he might have. <laughs> he, he might have <laughs> yes. He might have acted like. Acted like a little bit of a thief there, and he was really sorry about that. And uh, then he restores, so he gets twice as much as he had before. He just gets the replacement kids; he doesn't get twice <laughs> as many kids because yeah, he is blessing them. But <laughs> yeah, right. The, the you get the names of the daughters; they are so beautiful, they are named. So apparently, the boys are just ugly. Yeah. we don't get them at all. Just but, you, yeah. yeah just, just called by the dog's name. Jemima names, means uh, dove. You go um, go get your brother. Get your brother. <laughs> uh, Keziah basically means cinnamon. It's a spice. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Karen Hapuk is uh, literally means eye makeup um, oh, because apparently mm-hmm. she was so beautiful she always looked like she was wearing eye makeup mm-hmm. so they named her, you know, Maybelline. What does Jemima uh, mean? Uh, dove. Dove. Oh. But of course she went on to... Uh, put her in inheritance yeah. <laughs> into a very lucrative syrup industry and did yeah. very well there. Yeah. So she's sweet. Yeah. I mean, she's sweet. That's what it means. So, so yes. And so then Job gets another three and a half generations after this, yeah. which is uh, Well, as any w- good one paragraph introduction to Job would tell you, this is obviously before the law because there's no law in the, mentioned in Job. So, <laughs> so, so, so God wasn't apologizing. Completely undermined. <laughs> <laughs> As right. we know, it would be there if it was written after Moses. Right. There you go. Apropos of nothing. Yeah, I don't uh, yeah. don't interpret it that no. way. Yeah. So. Or the Psalms. There's no... That's right. There's no... Yeah, that's okay, right. some Psalms have the law, but others were written before Noah. That's right. That's right. You know, sometimes our jokes are so inside baseball that they're just so not going to get it. They might not even be jokes. That's that's good. Very, I think most people would agree with that. But uh, that's the consensus. Anyway, 
So yeah. that's a that's a great text for our 100 podcast. This is, is a tough one. I mean, Job, like I said, Job oh. defies easy interpretation. It's just a book that is. It's a double black diamond book. It's it's it's, it's great. It's great that so I've good. had you interpret it to me over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very and there are other you know nuances that could push you even further on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would encourage anyone to uh, investigate. Oh, I just lost his name. Tony, is it Tony Martin? Yeah. Okay, because I had a friend named Troy Martin, and who's a New Testament scholar, but Tony Martin. Oh, uh, I'm thinking Troy. I am thinking Troy. Troy is right. Troy, Tony yeah, is yeah. Right. Troy, Troy is, is right. down at Troy is you. Yes, Xavier, yes. right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Tony then yeah. was the yeah. one I taught with so at UMHB. I get confused them. Yeah. Uh, Troy uh, recently published an article on Job, and it was in uh, SBL. Uh, it made the SBL, it uh, the J- JBL, the Journal of yeah. Biblical Literature, uh, on this passage in which uh, he does some very, for a New Testament guy in particular, does some very nice textual work um, to carry that notion of God's um, apology. I didn't take that as a slight at all. I know you didn't. Uh, <laughs> if I did something on Luke and did it well, you'd be surprised. This yeah. is my point. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> The uh, we don't realize people don't realize these are specialties that we do, you know. Um, but he did a really nice job in Job and breaking down a little bit of of what I was alluding to in that verse ten that that twice as much as possibly an indication mm-hmm. of God's acknowledgement that sorry about that Job mm-hmm. that was on that was yeah. on me. Um, and his breakdown of that text was exceptional. So if you have access to the Journal of Biblical Literature, I would encourage you to to look that it's up. God, or if you have so God in, is saying you got me. So exactly. Me so. Too. So inclined. Yeah, that's so. a, that's a fresh take. It really was. It's a hot it was, take. It was a hot take. Troy's hot takes. It was. <laughs> yeah. All so, right. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. And good ending there. He died uh, well, old the, and full of days. At the very end, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so full of days. I'm just going to lie <laughs> down here in the dust again. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> that's his, that is his thing. He's really good at that. <laughs> this one was longer than his last time. <laughs> All right, Psalm 34, 1 to 8, and... 19 to 22. 22. Mm -hmm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. The poor soul, this poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord recuses them from them all. Rescues them. The oh, Lord rescues oh, him. Recuse. He doesn't recuse him. <laughs> Dr. Freud, call on line one. Dr. Freud <laughs> yeah, rescues. Yeah. Rescues them from Yeah, them. that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps all their bounds. Not one of them will be broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Mm-hmm. So we get some selections here. We jump from verse 8 to 19. Um this is a book uh, one psalm, uh, naturally a psalm of David, as most of book one psalms mm-hmm. are. This is also a psalm that gives us a historical context for this psalm, and interestingly enough, an odd historical context oh. for oh, this you one. You mean in the, sub, the subheading? In the, in the, yeah, well, it's the subheading in most English okay, Bibles. Yeah. It's verse one right. in the Hebrew text. Uh-huh. Um, 
which still bothers me a little bit that we put it in English Bibles in the same heading as we put, you know, wives and husbands in Ephesians. You know, it's yeah, no, this right. is actually in the it's Bible in as there. opposed to yeah. these editorial okay. notes, but it's published like an editor. All right. Hmm. Anyway, that's a different concern yeah. for a different day. But in this uh, publication, in this publication, in this editorial comment, it says um, this is a Psalm of David when he feigned madness before yeah. Abimelech so that he drove mm-hmm. him out and he went away. It's a Psalm for everything. And, and really, <laughs> I think that came out as you were going through this. You said, yeah. you know, uh, this is a Psalm that would be great if someone had to act crazy yeah, because I'm they were afraid for their lives. Yeah. There's only one tiny little problem. We have absolutely no record of David feigning madness before a king named Abimelech. We oh, have a record of David else. feigning madness in front of the king Achish. Yeah. Um, whose name was not, in fact, Abimelech, but, you know, Achish. <laughs> yeah, um, but he did it. He did a, often did it. It was a, one of his favorite his go-tos. Go-to move yeah. is just to act crazy and drool down his beard and gnaw on the furniture, <laughs> uh, as the Bible says. That should be in the lectionary. That's a sermon I'd like to <laughs> take a real <laughs> Seven weird habits of highly effective, effective kings. <laughs> Exactly. Drooling on yourself. Number two, feign madness. Eating the chair. <laughs> um, of course, Akish is great. Uh, his response is, do I not have enough crazy people that you bring yeah, this one to Israel? I'm thinking like, really? Um, Curly spinning around on the floor. I don't, <laughs> don't have any idea why that is the historical context for this story. I know, it's, that's it's an just odd, odd. It's an odd. And not only that, why is Akish eventually remembered as Abimelech instead of... Might be why they don't publish the uh, well in the lectionary. The might be a good idea to leave the headings out. Yeah, some of them are crazy. Exactly. Um, anyway, the uh, the psalm itself, uh, the although well, technically the okay. Anyway, I'll move on. The psalm that as we have it, verses one uh, to twenty two. You might notice twenty two verses. So what if what uh, by alphabetical? It is. It's an acrostic. Oh. Exactly. Because um, anytime you have those 22 verses, it's a signal. And also, <laughs> if the first verse starts with an I, because that's a common, ver- uh, the first person is, is starts mm-hmm. with an o- the oh, Aleph. Okay. And so I will bless yeah. uh, the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Um, the word for boast, I, I always thought that was interesting, is, is uh, lexically connected to the word for hallelujah, praise. Hmm. Um, and so my soul finds its praise in okay. the Lord uh, is probably a more literal way of doing that. But I, I kind of like that better. Hmm. Than, we mm-hmm. usually have a negative sense of boast. And yeah, so right. I think if we kind of twisted that a smidge, it might help, but hmm. finds its praise there. Yeah. Um, what else do I want to say here? Da, 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 uh, taste and see that that translation is, it's not literally taste. It is to ex, uh, ex, uh, uh, experience it physically, uh, to, to sample um, the okay. it, probably a better way of looking at it. It's used as taste in a couple of places. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think one of them is in Job. But uh, but it, you could use it for any of the senses. I mean, anything that's oh, known okay. from experience, okay. I think, is yeah. the way. And to... that's what the metaphor taste is, to taste it, to drink from the cup. To taste, right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's to experience it and know. Mm-hmm. Um, refu- happy are those who take refuge. That happy is the same happy as Psalm 1. So blessed, uh, content, um, safe. I mean, I, it's, it's that it's that sense. You know, happy are those who, who dwell, who don't abide in the place of the sinners. Well, happy are those who mm-hmm. allows God to cover them, uh, which is that word for rescue to, to, to protect cover. Um, does the Lord actually camp around those who, Oh yeah, that's literal. And that's, camps. Literal. Yeah, that's literal. <laughs> see, see, that's what, when I see something like that, yeah, why are you using I, that word? We why, ne- why we never well, use that word? If you have that sense, why, or even if that's the sense of the Hebrew, then why wouldn't the historical context be something, something wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't the, 
why wouldn't you get some sort of Exodus context for yeah. God protecting mm-hmm. the camp? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, I get, you know, military image there that, and then maybe that's what's coming out in David's sense of military image. But, but it seems to me like that would be, that's an odd, I, I have no, you know, remember well, that time that he I was feigning craziness. So <laughs> right, <laughs> you guys saying. are overthinking this. Like we're supposed to <laughs> say, Hey David, remember that time when you were feigning madness yeah. before Abimelech? Yeah. Well, or Akish, whoever. You yeah, know what? That yeah, would make a, time. That'd make a great song. And so then David writes this song, and the guy's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah, about when you said that. That's what I was that. thinking. That's yeah. exactly it. There's it. nothing really that captures that <laughs> for me. But it is one of the 15 individual psalms of thanksgiving in the psalms. And, uh-huh. uh, and when you have that uh, acrostic feature. From... <laughs> They're all acrostic because they beam with I. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it, it does have that sense of everything from A to Z here that it's, this is this is encompassing thanksgiving for God that God will deliver and protect. And I so, got a funny story about Psalm 34. You have a funny story about well, that? That's a sentence I was not anticipating. Yeah, I I'd love, I would love to hear a I funny know. story about Psalm this is 34. Like, I've just started, just joined this youth group and uh, the pastor... <laughs> It's a true story, too. <laughs> like some Again, stories. this is straining credibility, yeah. but I'll go just ahead and go with this it. youth group. I was feigning madness. I just joined this youth group. And the the uh, the youth pastor wanted us to go around and share our favorite psalm, you know. Right. And, and I think I'd read Psalm 34 the day before, and so it was my favorite now. Right. <laughs> right. That's how it works. And I said, and I said, and I read it, and... And he got mad because he wanted it. it. was his favorite. And he was waiting like everyone was done. Because no one's going to take then, Psalm 34. Yeah. And, and so, this new kid. So it was odd. It's like, why is the youth pastor mad at me? <laughs> you picked his favorite Psalm. <laughs> it didn't get better since after that first night. You know, Dan, this is funny because Daniel gets mad whenever we uh, order the same food that he does. Oh, really? Like if you're at a restaurant, oh. and, you know, and we get, I'd, I'd like the uh, ribeye medium uh, with the loaded oh, mashed potato. I'm just going to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to soup. Like, oh. You know, it just he just really bothers him. Great. I mean, it bothers him when I do it, but when Thomas does it, it just sends him around the bend, man. It just he can't handle it when Thomas orders the same food as him. <laughs> so I guess I get it. You pick the same verses here, you know, same song. You establish and, your identity, and yeah, maybe that's what just, he was doing. It's and weird. It's just still the thunder. That's hard. Yeah, that's hard. So anyway, yeah, the, the get across... over that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is called the ministry. <laughs> can't believe he stole my song. It's my favorite song. The uh, out. <laughs> out. <laughs> Obviously, the Bible can only apply to one of us at a time. We went downhill, downhill from there. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is why I said I find it hard to believe you joined the youth group. <laughs> but anytime you have an acrostic, you get that sense of everything, right? Inclusiveness. So this is this is an inclusive of everything you have to say about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't put every word in a psalm, but you can represent every right. word by A to, a to Z. So we said, we've done this, so. right? Soup to nuts. It wasn't there a... We have a podcast I think we called had a podcast title called Soup to Nuts, yes. Okay. So, yeah, this is our revisit. I think you told that story once before, too. But No, I, I don't think I, so. You don't think so? Well, maybe. I think... <laughs> I'll go back and listen yeah, to Yeah, you listen to all 100 <laughs> and tell us. If anyone remembers of that, uh, send us an email yeah. <laughs> so I can send ignore it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> send it to the church address. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's good. Uh, like I say, it's my favorite song. <laughs> no matter what that crazy youth yeah. pastor says. Yeah. Oh, it's yours too? Now it's really my favorite. <laughs> now I'm going to get it tattooed on my forearm. He's going big. Go home. <laughs> oh. 
Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today. You ready for Hebrews 7? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Hebrews. You are, really? Uh, okay. I think, yeah, I think so. All right. Hebrews 7, <laughs> 23 see. to 28. Furthermore, what, don't you love that when you <laughs> jump yeah, into the yes. middle of the lectionary text here? Furthermore... I bet he's saying something about Psalm 110 or Melchizedek or both. Right. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. No, that's that, the, you yeah. couldn't, can't live forever, <laughs> yep. so that's mm-hmm. why we needed more priests. Yeah. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he's able for all time to save those who approach. That's just logical. That's just science, right? (laughs) Who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled. (laughs) Got my new thesaurus today. Separated from sinners, exalted (laughs) above the heavens. I like to read that in the amplified version. (laughs) That would take forever. Yeah. Uh, for da, 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 da. unlike other high priests, he has no need to offer sacrifices I won't name names. day after day, <laughs> first for his own sins and then for those of the people. <laughs> this he did once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests those who are subject to weakness, but the word of the oath which came later than the law appoints a son who had been made perfect forever. Yeah. The word of the oath, huh? Throwing some serious shade toward those other priests who die and yep. sin and stuff <laughs> you mortals yeah losers yeah you're talking about my priest you call infinity i can't can't win against this guy that's exactly how he did it yeah, we have exactly. a priest who called infinity he's perfect now, did i mention he's eternal yeah he's oh. so grindy there are these other priests into the dust that's kind of i mean that's an interesting sort of logical progression there it's like one of the reasons that the sacrifices wouldn't endure in the old testament is because the priest who offered them died. died but if yeah. he hadn't died yeah. then it takes uh-huh. once once yeah. you don't die yeah. then got it got good. it first time wow well, yeah nailed it mm-hmm. so oh. crushing it well, absolutely crushing it <laughs> yeah, jesus priest yeah that's true that's i mean like we've mentioned we do this uh this linkedin profile for for jesus priesthood and uh in Hebrews, as an exercise, it's like, that's a good LinkedIn profile. Yeah. He's got all these things going for him. So, yeah, he's definitely into the—we uh, skipped ahead, and he's definitely into the uh, the exposition of Melchizedek, mm-hmm. uh, based upon the one reference in Psalm 110, which he's never left off, but uh, has been alluding to high priests, and now he's gotten, gotten, gotten into unpacking why Melchizedek is so great. So, doesn't have any— Lineage doesn't have any mother or father, therefore he's eternal. <laughs> doesn't Obviously. die. Yes, yeah, clearly. Yes. Do I need to connect the dots? That okay. was pretty obvious to anyone yeah. who read that Genesis passage. Yeah. So he is. And uh, you know, Abraham deferred to him. Yeah. So that's well, not that, missed that, on that's people a lot, either. There's a lot of outflanking. It's it's uh, it goes both ways because they'll say, in a sense, Abraham is the Levites. Offspring of Abraham oh, right, right. are tithing, and you know, in mm-hmm. in that they Abraham tithes to Melchizedek, so clearly uh, he's superior, right? Obviously, and so you, so there's going 
backwards, but he also goes forward to say, so anything that happened before obviously supersedes what comes later. Right. And then he'll later quote from the psalm. He goes, this, this promise in Psalm 110, that's after the law. Yeah. <laughs> right. Clearly that supersedes the law. Right. Yeah. So it's, wait a minute. <laughs> both. I make both, both points. before and after supersede. Boy, you just... And anybody who's hearing that argument in that first sentence, he goes, oh, wow, that's well yeah, argued. that's good. That's wow, really yeah. well. It's Boy, true. He really made his point it's there. It's true. I know. It's, it's just a different kind of, of logic <laughs> than we would approach it with. Yeah. It is a, yeah, it's an intertextual sort of right. logic, um, which, which is different, you know, than what we do with Scripture. Because yes. we're not as saturated with Scripture, but I certainly bring that up when I talk about First Timothy 2. Right. And they talk about creation order, and people walk around assuming that, because they've heard it, that creation order establishes hierarchy, and it doesn't. No, <laughs> if you go back no, and read it the doesn't. Text, it clearly doesn't. It clearly doesn't. <laughs> We're not subservient to rocks and vegetation and such. <laughs> Your line on that was always so funny to me, because you always say, you know, because, you know, women, oh, man's made out of yeah. woman, or woman's made out of man, yeah. so woman's subject to man. Yeah. And then man's subject to dirt. And, and then, vegetables to rocks and paper. And then paper, I get confused when it comes to rock, paper, scissors. Paper beats rock, yeah. scissors, I, covers. That, I think that first came up, because I... Because they need a little bit more time to process. Right. So I got to tell a few jokes while they think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and realize, so funny. What about those hundred sermons I've heard where they said it? <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly. Always, yeah. So, whereas we have a consistent, uh, or, or sometimes work with what we think is a consistent extended analogy. Right. That's not how they're working no, here. It's no. Not at all. So, yeah, he he is uh, he supersedes him because he went before. He supersedes him because he's quoted the in the psalm. Came after. <laughs> yeah, with a the quotation in uh, in the psalms. So, which anyone hearing that would go, man, he's got us both ways. Wow, right? wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> exactly. I really thought Moses was pretty good, but now nah, this guy, this guy, <laughs> they Abraham and the psalmist. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they outrank Moses. Yes, <laughs> before and after. Um, yeah, so his permanent, he has his permanency in that he's eternal and he's perfect is also something certainly in a, in a Greek sense, but I think it's, it's there in a different, slightly different form in a Jewish sense that something that is eternal is perfect. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly in terms of, uh, idolatry. It's like, mm-hmm. do I worship this? Well, is it eternal? Right. <laughs> you know, did it right. create all things? No. Okay. Don't worship it. Yeah. Uh, but in the Greek mind, you know, in dealing with ideals and, and such, it's the, uh, there's the, the, the things in of this world, but then there's the, you know, the Platonic ideal. Right. There's the, uh, the eternal. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, uh, um, the honey crisp apple of which all other apples right. are mere yeah. shadow. Right. Yes. Yeah. I understand. I got a, someone who's always to, doing the, the real, the, the, the real Toyota thon is the inner Toyota thon, you know, <laughs> it's or, the, it's the one or, along the or way. I posted some, the, 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 the most valuable cryptocurrency is the inner cryptocurrency. That's right. <laughs> it's like, I posted that like four days ago and now people are just starting to like it. There Even was one a, of our listeners. There was a group of, uh, of, I was, I think I was teaching Hebrew or something and they asked me what the student said, what, so what's your favorite apple? Dr. Wallace, I said, oh, well, it's wow. Honeycrisp. Yeah. I said, it's the Honeycrisp yeah. apple. I said, it's the Honeycrisp apple. It's not even open apple, for debate. It's not. I said, the Honeycrisp apple is the platonic yes. ideal of apples. Mm-hmm. And they had just come out of our former theology colleagues' theology class right before mm-hmm. this. And they went, really? The platonic ideal? And I said, yeah. look, mm-hmm. I don't go with substance-based metaphysics for my own existence. However, for apples, it works perfectly. For shopping produce? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so, yeah, that is the 
That is the high. Yeah. So he, in, in, in many ways, and he is, he is, as we said, he's thrown his net broadly to the Platonic, you know, this Greek thought yeah. world. But it works in the Hebrew mind as well, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So he, I mean, if you think about this, you know, the you could have the subheading, the Platonic ideal of a priest. Yeah. He's blameless. He's eternal. He's perfect. Uh, so his priesthood, he doesn't die. He's, he's always available to intercede. So let me ask this then. Would, would in the Jewish mind... It's crispy. Right? <laughs> Juicy. <laughs> flavorful. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the Jewish mind... Now, this would not necessarily follow, obviously, in the Hellenistic th thought, but in the Jewish mind, would saying that he is eternal immediately connect him with deity? If you're in, a monotheist? In the, in the in Jewish, the Jewish mind, yeah. I think so. I do too. I think so. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, because more and more things as you get to the uh, toward the first century are eternal, are yeah. there in heaven. Tor like there's the Torah, right? Torah, wisdom, wisdom, um, and, and they're personified. So they're dealing with beginning to. There's some people who write early on, like two powers in heaven. What's yeah? What are they? What are they thinking about the deity here? Well, you, you know, know I, Zoroastrianism. <laughs> <laughs> Wide ranging, yeah. While, while I'm making this connection, use a contemporary reference just, just to go to the headlines for a second. <laughs> but allow me to continue. Yes. Um, had uh, the 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 chief god in Zoroastrianism, this Persian religion that seventh uh, century BC, um, the the head god is the relevance. Ahura, yes, Ahura Mazda. Um, Ahura Mazda is said to have seven Amisha Spintas, and those Amisha Spintas are, are holy spirits that are mm -hmm. personifications of aspects of the right. deity. So you've got justice and truth and righteousness mm -hmm. and love. And and I'm, I'm wondering how much—but there's no sense—I mean, in, in the ancient Zoroastrian mind, there's no sense that they were polytheists mm -hmm. in any way, yeah. even though these things are personified. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's— it's a little bit of that thinking too, where wisdom or Torah mm -hmm. or okay. logos yeah. can be personified, but at the same time, not in any way compromise monotheism. Um, yeah, although they they you know it'd be like the, the the argument here is like, except linguistically, I can exploit that in different right, ways. Right, right, exactly. And, and that's what happens. Exactly. You know, they argumentatively they like. Oh yeah, yeah. Abraham did do that. Oh yeah, and then later the psalmist is like, "That doesn't, you know, the way this guy outflanked him both ways. Like that's not really inherent in those texts, but yeah, that works rhetorically. But that works with rhetorical in a, in a you know a first century context, a scripture rap battle sort of yes. situation. Yes. You know. Rap battle. Someone pointed out this week, rap battles are really weird. I'm so angry at you. I'm going to write a poem about okay. it until <laughs> in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna have a beef with yeah. you. <laughs> so we have a. <laughs> There's that saying. I think you. Should, I think I might have quoted this. It's like I, I cried because I had no shoes, and I met a rapper who had no beef or something. <laughs> um, may not be how I. I don't think that's how that goes. That. Okay. But okay, we'll look that up. Uh, Good Where text. Were we? I think we were talking about how great the high priest Jesus is. Perfect. I think that was the phrase we used. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Platonic ideal. Um, he's holy, blameless, undefiled, as we said, separate, yeah. separate from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Have I left anything out? Yeah, this right. guy is so crushing this argument. All right. Mm -hmm. Why do you, I can't believe I ever followed Moses after reading this? <laughs> you know, right. the Levitical law. Yeah. Why? The, what, what's the date on this book? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. And. I guess it's obviously I've, after the law, unlike Michelle. <laughs> well, you got me there. Seems to be an issue. Okay, and after Melchizedek, um, because I've heard people date this post uh, destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah, 
And I don't understand if it is why there's no mention of that as part of the evidence of the superiority of. There's a lot of things that are that are yeah, dated that, post and uh, in fact the uh, temple and the the uh, ritual and the priesthood becomes more more emphatic. Oh, okay. After destruction, without even it becomes... acknowledging it, yeah. Okay, and that's okay. like well, and then they go, that's probably after the destruction because they're not mentioning it and they're exaggerating it, you know. So it's almost like okay, all right, sort of a cognitive dissonance, sort of. Well, that's not the right word, but it's like becomes all the more important when yeah. you, when it's gone. You know? Yeah, okay, that's fair. So that's there's fair. A, a lot in later rabbinic writings, you know, after the first century. You just reminded me, Thomas is collecting a list of band names. Anytime anybody says something great, he's that's a good band name. He puts yeah. it, and he's got an entire list. And uh-huh. This week, uh, uh, came up with a name he thinks for you know a jazz band. Accidental Dissonance was okay. the name of his band, okay. which I thought was a, it's a yeah. it's pretty good band name. Yeah, Accidental that's Dissonance. That's right. So. Yeah. So, moved to... yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, once I said Platonic ideal, I go, yeah, that actually organizes this pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the, and it works for both the Hellenistic and the Jewish yeah. Yeah. Jewish audience, which is funny. Except for the Jewish audience, we go, Platonic? Yeah, yeah well, they wouldn't. I mean, they wouldn't do that, though, in the first century. They that. are already, extre- as the rest of the world, they are already Greek. They're fairly Greek. Yeah. So they're yeah. arguing in both groups, and it would work both ways. I, when I, usually the first day of class, we talk about Alexander the Great, you know, who had a brief campaign and then, you know, took over the world and then died not, not long after. Right. 10 years. But he, he culturally, he won. Yes. It just goes on Completely. and on and on. And it yeah. affects the church, you know. Yes. We, we read the Bible in Greek categories, not in this way, but in the ways that, that they would reject. But we still have these categories that are yes. very unbiblical. Yeah. So he continues to conquer the world. Yeah. Alexander. Ready for Mark? Yeah, Mark. Mark 10, 46 52. <laughs> the gospel, right? Not our yes, colleague. Okay. Correct. Uh, they came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, that's it. That was not going to happen. Yeah. He comes no. in and no. he walks I've been right through. I've been through towns through. like that. No. You know what? No. He's going somewhere. He seems to be focused. As they were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar. That's a lot of identification for a blind beggar, isn't it? Yeah. That's was a, sitting that's by the roadside. Thing. Yeah, I mean, that's just quite a, a lot of honor that you give to this blind beggar. Mm-hmm. Named, lineage. Uh-huh. Uh, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. <laughs> Can't no. Jesus go to him? He's blind. Anyway, <laughs> and they called the blind man, he's, saying to him, he's just heading out of town. Warmer, warmer. No, yeah, that's saying yeah. to him, there take heart. Get yeah. up. He is calling Marco. you. <laughs> so throwing off his cloak, mm. he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. My teacher, let me see again. That's an interesting address. Mm. Jesus said to him, Rabboni. go, yeah. your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. All right. So this is a, the other bookend for the, um, the journey to Jerusalem. And so it is a journey to Jerusalem. So even though Jericho is such a significant a, town on that journey, he's He's passing on through. Yeah, he's he didn't his, waste his any time. Face is set. Yeah, it's like Can a, we stop off at the no, no like time. A dad on vacation. Yeah, yeah. no, we're making it to Denver. <laughs> it's just <laughs> another no six hundred miles. We are not stopping in Nebraska. Not. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so he's very focused. He set his face to go to Jerusalem, and um, and at the beginning of that journey, there was this healing, this two stage healing of the mm-hmm. the man 
who was blind. He saw trees. He saw trees walking around. Which no one's ever really given an explanation for that. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I couldn't use a haircut. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know why he saw trees walking around. Well, I'm in my annual reread of uh, my Lord of the Rings trilogy, and so I'm I'm thinking. Ints. Okay, ints. He yeah. was thinking ints. A little slower. Yeah. yeah. So there was a two stage. Um, often Mark introduces things in in two stages. So. And this is probably not a good example, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar. But often he sets it up on a sentence level, on a paragraph level, and even on a, on a well, on this journey level. There's mm-hmm. a here's a healing. You know, it's two stages, but really this is a better healing. Or the people ask Jesus a question: What is it, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign of your coming? And it's like those are two different things, and Jesus yeah. will answer them as two different things, even though the guy's not, the guy's not uh, asking the question. Don't know. You know it's ironic, you know. Yeah. So. There is this all this stuff about two stages, and and I went back and looked at Market Story today, and um, in terms of how does that they're talking about the effect on readers, it sets up a uh, waiting for the second shoe to drop sort of yeah. thing uh, on different levels, and I don't you do have this bookends of these two healings, you have this kind of partial uh, blindness, you have this blindness that's not fully healed, and that comes. Right after um, the confession by Peter, mm-hmm. in the sense that one of the ways they talk about Mark is that we have all this privileged knowledge that the disciples don't have for the first half. Right. But then when Peter makes his confession, then we're kind of in the same boat. Right. Now we all don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. And then Jesus begins to reveal that mm-hmm. he's going to die in Jerusalem, uh, which then you have to process into, well, what is it? Peter couldn't deal with that. What do we mean right. the Messiah that dies in, in Jerusalem? So. The whole journey toward Jerusalem is is about announcing that and and uh, talking about the rigors of what it, what does it mean to follow this person who's going mm-hmm. to Jerusalem and why are you carrying that cross and mm-hmm. it's like yeah yeah you'll see so there is this sense that um, the disciples are like that person who is partially healed of his blindness there's need for more uh-huh. and that's what this journey is about there's need for more information and uh, Luke is the one who takes that takes develops that into like 10 chapters right. of teaching on the way to Jerusalem. Um, but blindness is clearly indicative of the disciples' failure, but I realize that um, having gone back and thought about it, blindness is a much bigger thing in terms of all these different characters uh, who who reject Jesus, who right. don't understand Jesus. So there's the leadership mm-hmm. who are blind. Family. Family. Yeah, basically everyone. There's a, yeah. there's a couple of uh, people who get it. Like Bartimaeus mm-hmm. and the centurion mm-hmm. and... Uh, Gary. <laughs> G- Gary. There's <laughs> yeah. the good scribe who mm-hmm. understands the law, and it's like, well, that guy got it. Yeah, that guy's pretty close to the kingdom. You know? mm-hmm. But for the most part, from the broader society to family to his new family, Sierra the disciples... Phoenician woman. She got it. Yeah, yeah. They're the heroes. They They're get the it. They're the real heroes. <laughs> yeah. There's this, this blindness. I used to... I think I've habitually talked about the disciples, but I realized, no, there's blindness is a big theme mm-hmm. because it kind of contributes to Jesus <laughs> being crucified. People misunderstanding Jesus is more widespread yes, than just these widespread disciples. widespread <laughs> on this, see the cross. Yes, yes. <laughs> the crucifixion. Yeah. So it is, a, it is a, a huge theme, probably most crucial for those who would say they're followers and they understand and have right. confessed them. So it is a it is a, a real crisis, and then there's this, as in many of the synoptics, or and really all the gospels, there's an outsider who 
surprisingly gets it. And this guy's blind. Probably the many who are sternly ordering him to be quiet are probably those superstars who are saying, this yeah. guy didn't follow with us. And hey, uh, can we sit at your right hand uh, yeah. and your, your left? And uh, they're arguing to each other. Who's the greatest? I'm sure these are the people who are shushing the blind man. Shut up, blind man. Why would he want to? You want to talk to him? Really? Yeah. You got to get through us. Yeah, and he's calling him uh, Son of David, mm -hmm. which is very rare. It might be the only place in this. Uh, you read this in the other synoptics, it's, you find it in the, you do find it in the infancy narratives, but then you don't have anyone until the blind beggar getting close to Jerusalem. So it always comes across as, how does this guy have such insight? You know, yeah. here's the, the blind, you know, it's a, that's kind of a trope in Hellenistic world. The, it's uh, going to be, a, I mean, the, I would assume a messianic title. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and, I mean, and it's have to be. It is well. It's akin to what uh, Peter says. Do you, who do men say that I am? You say you're the yeah. Messiah. You know, yeah. uh, there's right. all these these uh, not quite oh. adequate great people, and then but who do you say that I'm the Messiah? Yeah. So Messiah, son of David, very okay, very uh, so this is comparable. This is the this is the the Peter confession in the mouth of the blind yeah. beggar who's not been following mm -hmm. but sitting on the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. A blind person who's asking for mercy and ends up getting getting his sight. Yeah. That's that's kind of I didn't get that before because he's crying out for mercy, but then Jesus calls him and this is what do you want from me? Yeah. Like, well, my teacher, let me see since it again. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> since I, I just wanted mercy, but, <laughs> but since you're here, yeah, how about my sight? And uh he throws his cloak away because Jesus said, don't take two cloaks as you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've heard a lot of stuff like people say he threw it away because he knew he's going to see when he comes back and he'll be able to find it. It's like, okay, okay. Hmm, maybe I'm intrigued. I'll think about that. I don't know, but it is decisive following of Jesus because it says, Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. And so the way is uh, this this motif of what it means to be a disciple as he's on this journey. The way is uh, means path or journey or, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, Christians are called the way. You know? Well, now you've got me thinking about that cloak. Uh -huh. And if you... <laughs> some little thing. Yes, usually that's where this goes. I can, um... This is a big scene. Well, now I'm thinking about the cloak. <laughs> <laughs> but if he throws his cloak off, isn't he just wearing the, the linen undershirt? That... And everyone went, whoa. <laughs> Let's hope he's wearing Everyone recoiled. The, the linen undershirt. But isn't that the same thing the young man loses and the, the young man has uh, post-resurrection? I mean, what's else, what else is he wearing besides the cloak? I don't know. There's a couple layers you could wear. You could wear a couple yeah, layers. Yeah, I think okay. there's something that they sometimes translate tunic, and I'm not really clear about it, but... but uh, okay. The, the, I think the undergarment is, is the last layer. So. Well, then he's getting close to the undergarment. <laughs> yeah. He's getting close to his baptismal <laughs> clothes here, right? Yeah. That's what he's getting Maybe. close to. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I do know he's following in the way, and the, the problem that the others had with blindness... He he clearly gets it, you know, even before he gets his physical sight. So it's a common sort of image in Greek um, Greek narrative about the the blind seer, you know, yeah. the blind prophet. That's right? true. Even shows up in what? Oh, brother Arthur, you know. There's the blind prophet, which because it's based on the uh, you know um, Homer. Right. Um, now I go oh, shoot. Well, I said Homer. I'm not thinking about The Simpsons. I'm thinking about Charlotte's Web, which I watched with my daughter. Wow. Okay. I was Homer, thinking about The Simpsons. Homer so. and Lurvy. <laughs> Slapping the pigs. My problem is whenever I try to say Jose and Gomer, I usually say Homer, and then <laughs> Homer. I can, then I have okay. then I have no place to go. Yeah. And then you're thinking about yeah, The Simpsons has already done this. Yeah. But uh, so he. This is definitely. Jericho is one sign that he's getting close and, um, yeah, it's only and, about 15 and, miles. and bracketing this with another healing of the blindness. Uh, 
even though that Jerusalem hasn't been healed, you know, of its blindness, they're going to uh, clearly, what we've seen more dispersed in Galilee, that opposition and blindness of the leadership is going to come to a head in Jerusalem. Don't know if the disciples have made it much further. Uh, they are telling this guy to shut up. They are. Probably. I'm pretty sure that's who that's, who's telling them that. Yeah. Uh, all, all indications are it's the same superstar crew we've been reading about, and they utterly don't get it. Right. And here's this counterexample. What? He's not a kid. We got yelled at for yeah. the kids, but yeah. this is not a, a kid. Thing? Really? Okay. Blind people, too? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that he threw his cloak off because when he could see, he could find it again. I don't accept that interpretation of the cloak. <laughs> that's pretty I would just novel. like to go ahead and say. I know. I know. That one doesn't, wow, that's faith. That one doesn't woo me in any way. <laughs> However, now all I can think about was this time I accidentally ended up in the Philadelphia Marathon. Um, <laughs> I was really, I, yes. Okay. I have this sort of for I have this this period of my life in which I'm very Forrest Gump like, um, oh, okay. where I accidentally knocked down, been, almost knocked down Benjamin Netanyahu while I was in Israel, Ooh. and uh, got pictures to prove that in case that was because I went for my camera. Why I'm not dead oh, is a good question. Yeah. Uh, but, they just um, lunge. I ended, accidentally ended up behind the ropes and on the red carpet at the Country Music Awards once. I accidentally almost <laughs> that got was on, you. That was me. I accidentally almost got onto the L.A. Rams bus when they were the St. Louis Rams oh. playing San Diego Chargers yes. in San Diego. Yes. I was on the wrong side of the velvet lines. Yes. What am I doing mm-hmm. over here? But uh, yes, I was. I was at, at. I don't know if you remember when SBL was in Philadelphia. Probably I don't know. Uh, I ten or go. fifteen years no. ago. And I was poor, and so I was staying at mm-hmm. one of those hotels that are, you know, a mile and a yeah, half away yeah. from the, the conference. And as I'm walking one morning, I see an entire, I, I, there's a there's this huge, it's the, it's the main, I don't remember what road it is, but it leads up to the art museum. And so as I'm crossing, I get to the island, and there's about 15 people standing on the island, on the edge of the island, looking back yeah. down the road, just oh, staring. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. And... Y- you can't not do something when that happens. Yeah. So I stop and I look and here comes, I see a person running and they run past me and I thought, well, that's really cool. And I kind of watched them. They got the little placard on and mm-hmm. I watched them go past me. And as I, I see them, I go off in the distance and I turn back around and this wave 10, of people, people. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Pass. And I, now I'm stuck on this island in the middle of the road, oh, unable to cross stuck. the street yeah. because the Philadelphia Marathon yeah. is passing past me. Mm-hmm. But as the people were running, they are throwing off their jackets oh, and they're because okay. it was freezing oh, that morning. Oh, is that like the but beginning of the race? And so they're about, you know, a mile in and their gloves are coming off yeah. and their jackets are coming and what had happened is most of them had like gone to Goodwill and picked up stuff yes. that they could just mm-hmm. throw away. Yeah. Because as they're then running, the homeless community is walking along oh. and picking up everything they're throwing <laughs> off and taking it mm. for themselves yeah. as they go. So yeah. Um, so there's no way his jacket's going to be there when he throws it off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's true. There's other beggars. This is Jericho. <laughs> this is Jericho's a good Jericho's, place to beg. And all the traffic goes through Jericho. And so he's throwing his cloak off. They're going to pick it up. He's losing that thing, yeah. whether he can see or not. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, you're not going to get to sell orange in that left turn lane when you can someone else is going to take that you know so that's an la reference you've probably seen that i have seen that yeah. yes yeah that's so fun. yeah you gave up your place in line i was also yelled at yeah. in a burger king but that that's a different story <laughs> anyway by homeless man well no the chicago marathon there's just huge mounds of clothes at the beginning right just huge mm-hmm. yeah it's like they come come in with big uh bulldozers or scoops scoop them yeah. up it's, it's a big deal well, this was happening as they were running and so yeah. Anyway, Someone should I told you I'm fixated on the cloak Someone now. Someone should is, organize this that. This is my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what is happening there. Well, it is. It is. That's, I that's think not the analogy accidental. is not, you know, casting aside. That's something 
Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm setting aside about his it. possessions, setting aside. I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the uh, writer of Hebrews who talks about laying aside all the things that you know encumber you. Well, that, okay, yeah. that sounds better to me than you can find it later. <laughs> find it later. That's my favorite quote. But <laughs> hey, someone see where that lands because yeah. I, I can't. He's just showing off if he does that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't buy that one. Yeah, I don't have to think about that. Usually, I check in with like I'm reading a literarily sensitive commentary. I go, oh, what did they say about the cloak? Oh, nothing. Yeah. You know, so. It seems like that's not accidental. It's got to be important. Yeah, seems especially like it. with all the other clothes stuff going on in in Mark, yeah, right? Where people I to, losing. I have to look that up. Losing outfits and right. being in outfits. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, clothing is important. I mean, Jesus' clothing changes uh, in appearance. Clothing. Yeah, I didn't realize how important it was because. Uh, it doesn't talk about clothing a lot, but like, it'll, why is he describing how John the Baptist is dressed? Does right. he do this all the way through? No, just when it's important. So, and they, Jesus, they, they gamble for his clothes at the mm-hmm, cross. Right. And the, the, uh, the man the, who leaves his cloak and then, and the then transfiguration, and then, his and the, clothes the are different. Tomb, and he was clothed like, oh, and then, yeah. And, uh, Gary, he's and clothed. Gary is clothed now yeah, instead right. of not being clothed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the gathering to the scene demoniac. Just tuning in. Who we have, yeah, named, <laughs> named Gary, Gary when we went through and, it's some reason I for went, us. It's I went done. through that in, in Luke on this Thursday night. He was Gary. He was immediately Gary. Yeah. I had to explain him, explain what I'm talking about. Did you explain it or did you just I, call him Gary? I did. Oh, I, okay. I explained it because I got a little, a little Lego drama, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah. I just, I think it's a very good name for him. Yeah. Yeah. Post, post exorcism. Right. Hey, yeah. call me Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Legion. Hi. No, you know what? Legion. You can call me Gary yeah, now. That's my old name. Yeah, you can call me Gary. <laughs> anyway. Just Gary. <laughs> This is good. Yeah. So very much structurally, it's uh, so really is a, it's a it's a story of blindness here. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In case you didn't get that. In case you get that. But no, the sense of Mark the, is a story of blindness. Yeah. Yeah. The whole story is a story. Of it blindness. is. Yeah. The gospel is a story. Of, it is a story of blindness. That the rejection, the Son of Man will be reject, suffer and re, be rejected, and that's like because of blindness. Mm-hmm. It's not just reserved for the you know the the Greek and the 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 Jewish and the, the Roman and the the Jewish authorities, but it's it's uh, infected his disciples, and there's some exceptions along the way, and and that's hopefully what Jesus is trying to cure, uh, and, and certainly in the part of the reader, as you understand, incorporating a suffering Messiah. What are there any insiders? Because I'm thinking Gary is happening in Gentile lands, and the Syrophoenician woman is happening as a Gentile, and this is a blind guy. No, there's on the outside. There's there's utter, utter like wow. Even the women, the faithful women at the tomb, they don't they leave the tomb and don't and say don't anything because they're afraid. Right. Like even the women, the women are always the exception to the rule. Not in Mark. Yeah. Not the yeah. I was just yeah. So yeah. discipleship, the failure of discipleship is heavy. It is so heavy. Uh, Which, as you uh, have said several times, coming out of a, a Christian persecution in Rome, where uh, yeah. very likely you had members in a church for whom discipleship had failed. Yeah. And they need a new beginning. They need a new start. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well. <laughs> wow. That got deep, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Job died. And then all the disciples failed Jesus. I didn't see that coming. Dark. You know who didn't die? The uh, anymore the the new priest in uh, Hebrews. The new priest in Hebrews. <laughs> and no he went, although he's there. dead for a little while, while, it got better. Got better. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, 
Well, I think I think it's a good hundredth podcast. Surprising, yeah. surprising that we're actually better than we used to yeah, be. Yeah, even thing. though this might not be representative. I don't, I don't know if, if if the content's any better, but you can certainly hear us better than yes, you, you can used hear to us be better. able to. Yes. So the the quality Most of the podcast weeks. has improved. That's true. Usually, that's, that's really what we're shooting for. Yeah, yeah, it's, we're it's, we're about technical not really proficiency. A, not here. about content. It's not so much content. No. <laughs> Absolutely. So maybe maybe year three. So <laughs> something new to dare, focus dare on. Dare to dream. Took us <laughs> two years to address our audio issues. <laughs> hey, we're doing it from two different time zones. I'm that's true. I'm like wow. We're managed. Well, actually, I'm going to be a guest on a podcast this week. I'm going to be back on the Midmax. Midmax. Yeah. No, and they're in Scotland. They are. Well, we're they're in Scotland and South Dakota and Virginia now. So we're going to be doing oh, this podcast okay. from three different time oh, zones wow. on Sunday. Okay. You know, they've had me on because of my Doctor Who expertise, mm -hmm. and then they had me on because of my theological concerns. And I'm going to be on two times uh, in the next uh, few months, uh, once as an expert in Star Wars and once as an expert in Star Trek. So at least my theology they came out wide once. They are wide-ranging. So, yeah, they are. they are. Well, it's faith and, and gaming culture, nerd culture, basically, for mm -hmm. them is the intersections of theology and, and that. And so... So I don't know how much theology will be discussed, but I will be discussing Star Wars and Star Trek here on the Min Max podcast coming up. So I'll give them a little plug yeah, um, cool. as we go out. So so I'm seeing other podcasts again. Good, They're good people. They are yeah, good that's people. That's all right. Is, but uh, like... they gave us the audio tips to help us make our they audio did. better. So. They did. Oh, which reminds me. Do you want to take the – did you get one of these uh, yeah, wind covers? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say take that one as my no, as good. my gift to my faith partners. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So, well, thanks for listening this week. Hope that you have had a good week. I've been, I've enjoyed being home. I've had a good week. It's, uh, I've enjoyed being a pastor, but the worst part is the separation. So it's yeah. good to, All right. good to be back. Yeah, um, good to be back in winter. In and, yeah, well, I certainly stepped into that. Today's high in where I live, where I live now, is seventy-one, uh, and so it's not that here. I as totally I woke feel up this like they, I got ripped off. There's no, not been any fall. No, there was no fall. It's, it was summer and fall. Someone said that the temperature went from 90 to 55 like the season uh, saw a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because it's hard to head into winter, a long winter, with not a nice yes. fall. Because fall's the nicest season. Yeah, I'm going to leave her. so that I don't have to experience yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings. <laughs>